Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. All right. We've got to make this quick. Lenten podcasts, folks. This is Catholic Stuff Podcast. Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Yeah. Why Catholic do I keep stuff. calling it Catholic Stuff Podcast? <laughs> that's because that's our email address. This is Father Nathan. Father Michael O'Loughlin. We are in Lent still, but when this comes out, we're probably in Easter, but we are drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice that there was very little banter last time, and I, I was wondering if it was because you've been trying to pack up your house all day, or whether I've just kind of had a weird day, or we're just drinking water, or what, but well, it's just all together. It's Lenten. Trying to keep it, trying to keep it snappy. A little more solemn. Yeah, but happy Easter, everyone. Yeah, Christ is risen. I He's hope. risen indeed. <laughs> I hope this comes out during Easter. We'll just kind of. I, I won't. I won't say the a word that's so offensive. I think it is. It's a month is away. It Easter. Okay. What, whatever. If, if it's, it's Easter, Thursday. happy Easter. If not, yeah, if it's Holy Thursday. <laughs> I don't think so, though, because you suffer. Oh, maybe. I have to do the math. Well, folks, Christ will us, rise them, indeed. Us, yeah, <laughs> he will if he hasn't already. All right. Um. So I wanted to. Uh, I was inspired by for this topic a few things this week. Um. First of all, I went. That's when I went to confession. Um. My penance was to go to spiritual direction. Nice. So I hadn't. Uh, the priest kind of asked me, "Hey, how long since you've been in spiritual direction?" I said, "It's been a few months." And he said, "Okay, well, that's your penance then." Go to spiritual direction. So in spiritual direction, I actually had quite a bit to say. I didn't think I did, but it all kind of came out in the spirit of the moment. And uh, and after kind of all these really heavy things in spiritual direction, the one thing that I did not think was at all related to my spiritual direction was my spiritual director told me, he said, you need to incorporate some sort of explicit intercessory prayer into your daily prayer life. Hmm. Like, nothing to do with what I was talking about. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. we talked about prayer, fasting, almsgiving, we talked about other things. But that intercessory prayer, and I thought, you know, okay, so, is, okay, I went to confession because I needed to, that, that directed me to, to spiritual direction, spiritual direction sent me to a, a more insistence upon intercessory prayer, and I thought, okay, well, that's obviously just very spirit-guided. Um, so I was thinking, how am I going to do this? And I think that intercessory prayer is, in other words, praying for people, praying for causes. Um, that is a, a benefit that we have that we don't appreciate enough, but it's also something that will extend into heaven. So, in other words, like I've said before, the angels are jealous of the fact that we can sacrifice, and that the, 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 the way that we sacrifice involves suffering. Angels, of course, can't suffer, when we get to heaven, we can't suffer anymore. We're in heaven. So that there's this, we can still sacrifice, we can still give ourselves, but but the benefit of, if you want to call it that, the benefit of, of what suffering can be if turned into sacrifice will be no more. The one thing, though, that, that we can do as a foreshadowing and will still happen in heaven, of course, is intercessory prayer. The saints pray for us. That's mm-hmm. what they do. That's yeah. what they spend their entire, entire day doing. So intercessory prayer should be one of those experiences where we go, do I want to really experience something? Do I want to spend my time and energy doing something that is only earthly? Or do I want to spend it doing something that's practice for something that's much more glorious, et cetera, that's in heaven? Um, so 
I, I had a couple thoughts about this as I was considering it. And, and another inspiration was the, I guess I was sitting just today, actually, I was sitting at a coffee shop watching a mother interact with her two daughters. And I thought, you know, I, do I ever spend as much intent as a priest and a pastor? Do I ever spend as much time as she did sitting in a coffee shop, really just focusing on one soul? Like she had two daughters there, but she was very intentionally, you could tell, kind of playing a little game with one of them and then playing a game with the other one. And she was so intentional in her relationship with them. And I said, I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. Like, do I ever really focus like I should in intercessory prayer? You know, in other words, I, I intercessory prayer I take, we mentioned last time, Scott Collier. You know, I sit down and how do I pray specifically for this man who has stage four cancer? How do I intentionally pray for him and what do I do in the intensity of that relationship, just focusing on him. As a priest and a pastor, it's just the whole congregation. Like, I'm doing all these projects. I'm now doing, like, pray, daily prayer resources on Flocknote that I sit down every single day and put together all these daily prayer resources. I have my parish in mind. I don't as often, at least, as often as, as a, someone who's married with children, mm-hmm. have a, one individual in mind. And I think that's to the detriment of our call, especially as priests, to be mediators for specific people. And this, I think, was what my spiritual director was just feeling was getting out of it is you need you need to spend some time every day with specific people in mind, intentionally living your life specifically for them. Yeah. I If there's one thing that people ask over and over for the priest, mm-hmm. at least in my parish, is, Father, will you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Will you pray for this person? You know? And I get, I get a little... Um, Tired, exhausted, whatever, but it's it's that how do you remember all those names? Right. I was going to say, how do you do it? Like when somebody asks you that, what do you do with that? What's the what's the actual form that you do to pray for them? Yeah. I mean, Leone, uh, Father Monsignor Ken Leone, he would say, pray right there. Yep. Right there. Yeah. Like, let's pray right now so you don't forget. Right. Um, and I think that is helpful, and I've done that. Um, if they say, like, they are dealing with this sickness you know, mental illness, whatever, I say, you know, okay, I pray for the sick and the suffering every Mm day. Like, try to remember the sick and the suffering. Um, But if it's a more kind of nuanced intention, how do you do it? Right. Yeah, And and I think it it is tough. And I, I, the, the, what I've done is I, I will bring them, if I remember, to whatever the next, like, time I've dedicated just to prayer. Right. So the next time I'm my icon corner, the next time I light the candle, light the incense and actually pray, you know, the Psalms, I, I will try to call everybody in mind that I said I would pray for. And then there's the general to, I will say, Lord, everybody who I promised to pray for, yes. who asked me to pray for them, everybody that needs my prayer. But I, I agree with him. That's one thing I've been doing the past few years is saying, just pray for them right there. Not necessarily with them, but like as soon as I get a text, as soon as someone asks just in my head, yes. I say one Jesus prayer and I say, Lord, in this moment, help them. So I, but that does feel like I'm checking off, like I'm ticking it off. Okay, right, I, I said it. I would, and I did, done, you know, and then, then it tends to just be out of mind. Um, but the history of the church, and, and this, is, this is, there's a subtlety here, but what, what I, in thinking about this, you know, having a mass said for someone, you know, the ancient, ancient tradition of the church, and not only that, but it's, it's the Eucharist, the sacrifice of the Eucharist and the sacrifice of the praise, the sacrifice of Christ and our sacrifice of praise come together um, to have a mass said for someone. And that, thank God, is at least a tradition that in my parish is continuing on. I'm sure it is in most parishes where people will have a, a Eucharistic celebration, a mass, a divine liturgy said for somebody. 
Um, and that's good. But I, I also think we need to make sure that we go a little bit further than that because masses are happening anyway. Divine liturgies are happening anyway. I, I think the going out of our way, like what I, what this mother had to do, she goes out of her way for her children every day. Mm-hmm. Do we go out of our way as priests and pastors and as Christians, do we go out of our way to to have intercessory prayer for others. I know my grandmother, I was just saying, she's in Little Sisters of the Poor here. If you're in Denver, go visit Mullen Home and you, Gino Lachlan, my grandmother, tell her I said hi. But she has a written list that she just reads yes. through every night. Yeah. And like, and, and I'm like, I need to do that. But honestly, like you said, as priests, our list would be immense. We'd have to like weekly lists at most, right. you know, um, just because there's, we, we do that and that's why my parishioners get much more prayer than non-parishioners do. But I think that's my role. Like, you know, I and I have so few parishioners. I can take, I, I have probably about, if, if I did every name on my parish roster, I'd have probably about 200 people. If I have the people that I see weekly, it's about 120. And so I can actually take them, and I, I, I take one parishioner a day, and I go through the entire parish in a few months. But this day yeah. is, is specifically for them, you know. I should have done that because we're doing a parish directory yeah. and uh, taking all the pictures and everything. And right. I, I should have said, if you get your name in the directory, I'm going to go yeah. through that every <laughs> yeah. single day yeah. and pray for a different family. Right. Then they may maybe actually done it. But Yeah. And, and that, that, that works for me. The same thing with my Chotki, my, my Chotki beads I wear on my wrist. Um, they, it has 100 on there. And, uh, you know, eight, tw- 10 years ago, there were only 100 parishioners. So I could say, like, I would go around the entire Chotki and I'd say, make sure that, you know, one of these beads is for each of you. And, like... That's really good intercessory prayer. Um, but the, the one thing, like, there's a, there's a prayer server called a Malebin, or a Paraklas. There's two intercessory prayer uh, that we have in the Byzantine Church. And these are services that you will ask the pastor to do. And so I, I, I like that because it's like, yes, have a divine liturgy set for someone, of course. Have a mass set for someone, of course. But when you say, Father, will you go out of your way? to do a Malebin or a Paraklesis after the liturgy or on a random, totally other time. Yeah. We, did, we did that for Goronsky. Remember, it was you, me, right. and, and Joel Barstad. We had a Panahita, and we just walked over to the church. The three of us prayed a Panahita. It takes 10 minutes. Yeah, it was beautiful. You know? And it was beautiful, and we went out of our way. And, and also what that does, whether it's having a mass head for someone or whether it's you know at least calling people together for a Malebin or a Paraklesis, those, what that does is it also invites where two or more gathered in my name, there mm-hmm. I am with them. Mm-hmm. And you bring a community into it. And that's what I think Catholics and Orthodox, we really need to improve on. And that is that, is inviting someone to pray in the moment. We just, we all feel that we're so ineloquent about that. But when someone asks for prayer, it happens all the time with the homeless, if you do homeless ministry, right? Someone that's homeless, they, 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 see, they see a priest, they see a Christian, and whether you have something to give them or not, a lot of times they will just say, can we pray? And you're like, yep. And then they grab your hand and they expect you to be eloquent <laughs> in the moment. And right. it takes some practice. Sometimes you just do memorize prayers. Um, but it was actually really funny. You, I was thinking of this earlier. When, when you prayed before the last podcast, so we do two in a row. Mm-hmm. When you prayed for the last podcast, you you did what um, What was in that movie, We Were Soldiers. You ever seen that movie, Melba Gibson, We Were Soldiers? Mm-hmm. And in it, like, I forget exactly the context, but he's Catholic, his wife's Protestant. And the, they they alternate like putting the kids to bed and doing prayers. And uh-huh. so one night the dad's praising Hail Mary, you know, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Catholic dad. And then the daughter says something like, can't we pray like mommy does? Can't we just like pray and like just talk to Jesus without having memorized prayer? Yep. And he goes, what do you want to pray for? And she says something like, I want to pray for grandma. Okay, let's pray for grandma. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, was with thee. You know, and that's that's what you did. But that's what we do. That's how Catholics do. We have right. memorized prayers, and that's a good thing. I like memorized prayers. We have things set in place like masses and divine liturgies. That's a good thing. But intercessory prayer, if we want to understand it to be, there's a benefit to this that is very real. I'm talking to Jesus. I'm expecting very real results. And in the case of of either praying with somebody or inviting someone to a malevin or a paraclesis, there is definitely a moment of where two or three are gathered. Yeah. Um, well, we do that in the Liturgy of the Hours. I mean, at, in the Liturgy of the Hours, you have the opportunity before the Our Father to include additional intercessions. Mm-hmm. And at least in seminary, like, we would spend, you know, an extra three to five minutes, like, people would just bring up the intentions of the people that had asked for them, which is really nice because then it's not only the things that you want to pray for, but then it's also the prayers that the Church proposes, which covers a lot, and it's all the prayer intentions that other people bring up because you're like, oh yeah, I forgot there was an earthquake and da 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 da. Right. And then you find yourself praying for those people as well. So um, you know, it, it does take practice, and I think people need to feel more comfortable doing that. I mean, I think it's beautiful. My brother, whenever he puts his kids to bed, he'll ask, you know, what should we pray for? And the things that they pick up throughout the day, the, the people yeah. that have asked them for prayer. Um, the uh, especially um, my uh, my niece Sophie, when uh, Father Rayson was going through his uh, kind of heart issues, she would say, "Can we pray for Father Rayson?" And they would always pray the Saint Anthony prayer, which I'd never mm-hmm. heard of, and they memorized it within like you know two weeks, and it was yeah. super long. But like she had an intention for to pray for him, and she picked an intercessor. To pray to, right, and with, right, um, and then, um, and then they knew that at the end of that night, like they had done, perhaps the one thing necessary. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a real grace. Yeah, and, and at the heart of intercessory prayer is, I mean, the way I envision it in kind of a sensory way is that we are all the one body of Christ. St. Paul says that. And and again, one part of the body being healthy, all the rest is healthy. One part hurts, the rest hurts. It, it's very much, we know that because we're mm-hmm. human and we're, we're embodied. Um, but when one, like is the same with, with vice and virtuous sin, you know, when we sin, we hurt the entire body of Christ. When we do something virtuous and holy, we build up the entire body of Christ. That, that's one of the basic tenets of Christianity. Um, but with intercessory prayer, that, that, it's not like, and again, this is basics of Christianity, but it's not like unless we pray, God's not going to help them, you know. But the, but there is a I I am I am growing closer to Christ myself. I am having a certain conversation that is intimate with Him. I am I am including Him in my life. I am asking Him for help. I'm surrendering my own control and knowing that He can do better than me, knowing He loves them more than me. All these things like this, and and that act of piety, that act of holiness, that act of communion with God builds up the entire body of Christ especially the person I'm asking for prayer for. So that there is a, they are receiving the grace of, in a sense, my sacrifice of praise. Mm-hmm. My, my taking time and effort aside and asking our Lord to, to take that time, that effort, in a sense, as a sacrifice and say, I am, I am offering this sacrifice and I'm offering this intention, calling them to mind and asking Lord through my sacrifice and through the upbuilding of the entire body of Christ to give them the grace they need to help them in whatever they're struggling with that I'm asking for intercession for. May I try to explain it to somebody uh, the other day, and I didn't do a very good job, um, but I was starting to get very upset, so Mm -hmm. it was better that I 
didn't do a good job and then stopped. Um, but I was trying to explain to them, like, what is the role of Mary and the saints? Right. Because he's like, we have an intercessor. It's Christ. Right. That's all you need. Right. And I was like, yes, but, like, if you had all of your friends at the grocery store and Jesus is the, the, the like, the owner of the supermarket owner, right. like, he is the food, he is, you know, everything, and you could say to them, could you ask him as well? Like, you ask Jesus, but then also, hey, could you, could you remind him, you know? And then, like, all of them are already there. They're already there. And Mary is like, uh, you know, she knows everybody's needs. Right. And so you ask, you ask all of them, and he just, he would not, he wouldn't budge on that because it's like, you don't need that, though. Right. You don't need it. And I'm like, then why do you even pray? If Jesus knows everything that you need, right. why are you even asked to yeah. pray? Um, why should you even give alms? These other people should just do it, f- do it themselves. Right. Like, and it just it makes for a very empty and individualistic yep. uh, sense of the Christian life. Instead of like we are one body right. and one church, and there are different facets of that church, and everyone has a role to play, yeah. and Christ wants that. Right. It was so. And I would even say, I mean, you, you, there's, we got to be careful here, but to say, we don't need that, but that's a gift. Right. Like, the, God gave the gift of his mother to us. He gave us the gift of the awareness of the saints, and the saints want to pray for us. It, it is their desire because it builds up the entire body of Christ, which includes them and us. But, but there's a, we're not only growing closer to Christ through intercessory prayer, we're also growing closer to the person we're praying for. You know, and the person we're praying to. So if I'm if I'm asking for help for for Scott Collier through Solanus Casey to our Lord, I'm just bonding myself through that communication through that prayer to Scott to Solanus Casey and to and to Jesus. Yeah. Right. You know. So there, there's a there needs to be the love of God and the love of neighbor, a bonding with God and the bonding with the neighbor. And prayer, especially intercessory prayer, affects all those levels. Of course, my built my relationship with Christ builds up because I'm talking to Him, I'm communicating with Him. That's what prayer is. But then also that there's this there's this mutual, like you said, you're all the supermarket. We all come to Christ together. We've just bonded ourselves to each other as well as to Christ. And 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 I think it is important to see this reality as a gift. I do think it's necessary because God's decided it's necessary. But when you're talking to people that don't think it is, you're saying, you know, yes, Jesus is our mediator, and 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 we we go to Him, but just like confession. Confession is a human thing. I can I say right. my sins out loud, ears hear them, go back. So like having saints intercessors with each other is also a very human thing. I can ask my community to have a common mission with me and to talk to Jesus with me for a common cause. I, I just don't... When we strip everything down to the point where it's like, you know, yes, there is one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. Okay, um, then what is the role of the church? Right. What is, What are the roles of the holy ones? What is the role of of me as a baptized person? Like that, just like I don't know. It just seems rather I don't cold. It, yeah. It's just and and so I mean the the role the role of the saints isn't to replace Christ. Like they're the they're the voices around the throne, right. like calling out to the Lamb of God uh, in Revelation. Yeah. 
And I'm like, well, that sounds pretty good, yeah. you know? And why do you even have angels? Why, why, do, why, do, you have an, why right. do you have any intermediaries between God and creation? Like, right. why, do you need, why do you need any of these, you know, spirits? And it's like, they're, they're ministering spirits. Why? We don't need them. Right. And, and, and I don't know. It's like, like, when my mom makes me a sandwich, it always tastes so much better. I could make my own sandwich, and I usually do. Right. But every once in a while, she says, is there anything I can do for you? Right. I'm like, Mom, can you make me a sandwich? And she does it, and I don't know what she does to it. Maybe, like, she's actually, I will say this about my mom. Okay. She puts an incredible amount of mayonnaise <laughs> and jelly on. Uh, like, if it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right. it's going to be leaking out the sides. <laughs> I'm like, and when you, when she puts like tomatoes and lettuce on, it's like stacked, nice. you know, and it's always more, it's right. always more than I, I could have satisfied my own hunger, right. but then I allowed, I allowed her and she allowed me, like I have a need and you know, her fulfilling my need, fulfills me, but it also fulfills her. Right. And I'm like, why are we against this? Right. But I, I think you're right about the church because the church is the body of Christ and, and they're inseparable. You cannot... Separate the church from Christ. So it's almost like when Christ says, I am the mediator, and and I have come to you asking if you need anything, and we're just like, can you get all these people out of the way so I can talk to you? Christ's like, no, we are one. Like, I am one with the saints. Yeah. I'm one with the mother of God. I'm one with the church. So when you go to the church, you go to me. Just like, it's a, it's like saying to Jesus, I don't want to see you. I just want to see the Father. And Jesus is like, when you see me, you see the Father. And we're like, yeah. no, I, I just want to go to the Father. It's like, no, the, 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 you cannot separate them. So if we are, we need to go just to Christ. Of course we do. Absolutely. But if if we're neglecting his body, which is the church, and its members, which is our brothers and sisters here in the world, our brothers and sisters who are in heaven. If we're if we're neglecting that part of his body that is Christ, then we're we're neglecting the way he has decided to exist and interact with us. I mean, when we do intercessory prayer, it's not merely like you have to go through intercession with the saints in order to do intercessory right. prayer. Sure. You can intercede, you you can petition to Jesus, but like Know that this is not a private call. Right. Like you right. are speaking in the in the court of heaven and all of the saints are hearing, our ladies hearing. Yeah. And you're just you're just saying, Could I get some help? Right. You know? And and Christ has all these other people. You don't get one X Men, you usually get all the X Men. <laughs> like you know, it's like You don't call upon X Men, you get you get <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. I mean, I was I was standing on the front porch of this guy's house, and I was I was trying to convince him that Mary was not just necessary, but like a grace. Mm-hmm. You know, we're thankful that she's that she's been entrusted to us as her mother. He's like, but you don't need her. Right. And like, I was like, I am wearing a freaking scapular, and I am going to choke you. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, how dare you say that I don't need my mommy? Like, I was just like, and then I was thinking to myself, like. Like I am not even gonna try and convince this guy that that there's a thing called holy protection of the mother of God because that to him is just gonna yeah, be right. completely unnecessary. And like that's where I, I just have a, a sorrow in in certain in certain um Protestants because they love Jesus so so much, yeah. far more than I, I think that I do. Um 
and yet like Christ is trying to convince them to love others. Yeah. And they're like, but I don't have to. Right. I just have you. And I'm like, so, I mean, I wouldn't say that Catholics are more loving than Protestants, but I would say that they, they have a bigger family. Mm-hmm. Like they don't pray to John Calvin right. and Martin Luther and whatever. They just see them as cold teachers right. and they passed on their doctrine. That's it. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, I mean, we have Augustine and Aquinas and yeah. Gregory and Nazarianzus, but we see them as persons. That we interact with on a daily basis, not just kind of remember or, or you know, learn from. Yeah. And I do, I do think, though, that what, that what you said is true. There's an inevitable slide because you see this as soon as you, like, theoretically and, and ritually remove the rest of the community from our prayer. No, it's just about Jesus. We have no other intercessors. What we're going to move from our prayer. You, you, you first remove the heavenly community that we have, the cloud of witnesses, and pretty soon you're going to start removing your earthly community too. So it's just me and Jesus. Then why do I need church? Why do I need Sunday? I can go to the mountains and pray. And all of a sudden I'm spiritual, but not religious. All of a sudden I am, I I've, I've removed community as a whole from my life and it's just me and jesus and jesus is saying look around you 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 in other words where two or three are gathered there i am in your name that, that we are absolutely like you said last time in your last podcast we, this is a holiness is i forget what the term was but uh, this is a communal thing yeah it's a social enterprise social enterprise faith right. is a social enterprise we, we need to involve other people in it that's explicit again where two or three are gathered we need we need to ask other people to pray for us this is part of it and we need to let that communal and social enterprise extend into those who have already died and those who are in heaven i kind of want to tell you to shut up right now because <laughs> we're giving a talk at uh colorado state mm. in another month okay um and possibly even when this comes out um, and they want us to talk about the other. Oh, okay. Like, how do you deal with the other? That's a really interesting yeah. point, like about, um, like, the stripping down of, like, if you if you remove the communion of saints, then all of a sudden you remove, like, the, the heaven, the earthly kind of interactions, then you don't need church. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you, you can go about, but it's, it's funny because many, many non-apostolic Christians believe that, that the, the, those in heaven don't care about us. I mean, like they get to heaven and we're not even on their mind anymore. And it's like, that just doesn't sound Christian. I mean, it, like, okay, they go up there, but they can't affect us. No, part of being a Christian is affecting each wow. other. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it, imagine just dying and, and saying, oh, yeah, the rest of my family's down on earth, but I don't pay attention to them. I can't affect them. Like, that, that sounds like hell to me. If, if I can't yeah. do anything about those I love, that's hell. If, if I can't even call upon Christ to help them, that's hell. Like, like I'm, I'm using a big word there, but of course, but it's, it's not paradise. It's certainly not restful. The times I'm the most stressful are when I've been able to help people. If I can't help them practically, I can help them through prayer. And that's when I say, I rest. I'm content in this, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's was... what my spiritual director said. And I had like, he, he's he's obviously sensing something in me that is that is lacking. And it was actually ironic because I, I got a text that night, kind of a, a panic attack text from a friend of mine who was like, please pray for me right now. I'm having, I'm having a meltdown. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay, I've been prepared for this for, since this morning when I was on the phone with my spiritual director. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's good too, because when you focus on another's need, 
God will usually like answer your own need, but not because you're focusing yeah, on right, it. Right, exactly. Because you're actually concerned with someone else's well-being than yep. just your own. Yep. So there's even a selfishness to it. Like in other words, for, forget about yourself for a while, p- focus on others, and then yeah. the prayer becomes, "Lord, I want to grow closer to you. I want to be healed. I want to be yeah. be the benefit from this too." And that that's just automatic. That naturally happens when we pray for others because the entire body of Christ, including me, gets built up, and therefore I can receive those graces. So what do you want me to pray for? Ugh, so much. Actually, you know what? What another thing that made me think of this? I think I mentioned this earlier. I forget if I talked in detail though. Was just. Father Matt Book's dad, you know, we were, so how many yeah. priests were there? Seven? Yeah. So it's like, it was Matt, Father Matt Book, his dad who's dying, who was sleeping, probably not even conscious. His mom was at the foot of the bed. Our friend Andrea was there, who was a nurse. And then seven priests of the companions that could be there. Yeah. And it's like, and all of our focus was on him. It was just so beautiful. We like, we were surrounding the bed and all of us, our biggest, our biggest intention for that moment was the man that didn't probably even know we were there. But but it was just so beautiful to say. I felt like a parent again. I felt like that mom kind of paying just exclusive attention to one kid. Right. And but it was a group of us doing that, and it was just so beautiful. And if you gather, gather a group of people together for whatever it is, mass, liturgy, maleben, paraklesis, just hey, let's pray right now in the moment. There 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 is a a focus on that one person, but all of us are being built up, and we're living the Christian life through what we'll talk about in a month, uh, the other, and, and considering the other, removing ourself for the sake of the other, not being selfish, but to consider ourselves a part of the body rather than the most important part. Yeah. We didn't mention on the last podcast, because more likely than not, I mean, God God may have other plans. Um, he's, he is still in this world at this time, but uh, his name's Terry Book. Um, you know, prayer's not bound by time and space, so if you say a prayer for the safe passing and peaceful passing of of uh, Terry Book uh, into eternal life, and then for his son, Father Matt, uh, and for his wife of, uh, gosh, over 40 years, um, Joanne Book, um, but uh, more likely than not, he passed, and we were praying the commendation of the dying and a rosary for him, and yeah, it was so beautiful because uh, we knew that we were supporting one another uh, in that moment, and especially Terry and, and uh, Joanne and Matt, Father Matt, uh, but also like we were being drawn together. Like it was, it was one of the more companion moments yeah, that absolutely. I think I can I can attribute because I was like, um, are there other priests who would be able to say I could call on I could call on a network of priests and they would be here at my father's bedside. Like I just imagine, like all of the Minnesota companions, when one of their mm-hmm. fathers dies, yeah. and they get, they're gonna have to get like a atrium <laughs> to, to to have forty priests yeah. surround a bedside and intercede for them. I yeah. mean, like, granted, we're all mystically united, and you don't have to be a companion to receive these graces, um, but they asked, you know, they mm-hmm. asked for that, and they they received it. So yeah. it was it was beautiful because it was just it was literally that night. He texted us that day and was like, my dad has, what, 24 to 72 hours, something like yeah. that. And we all just kind of descended upon, we all made it, made sure that we could do it and right. changed our plans and, and were able to be there and, and focus on him and have that, that community and intercessory prayer. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. well, good. Well, uh, let's, let's go ahead. I love it. What, what, are, what, are, what are some things what, that people yeah, can pray you for you, Father Nathan? I'll, you didn't I'll, say I'll, it. I'll, I'll, well, okay, I'll put, I'll say, obviously, my parish, um, my 
we are in a transition right now where we're trying to find a bigger bigger place, a bigger building. Right. We're growing, so we need a bigger building. So pray for my parish that it grows. Pray for my family. My grandmother's here, like I said, in Little Sisters of the Poor. My father also is is always needs prayer. He His father walked on Nagasaki six months after they dropped the bomb, and that radiation killed him 40 years later. So all of his buddies died around the same year as my grandfather um, after walking on Nagasaki. My dad, his son, then is now suffering from Agent Orange from Vietnam because oh. when he, w- he was a helicopter machine gunner at first trained for that and they would just sit on bales of Agent Orange in the helicopter. And then they would, of course, in the, in the Philippines and Vietnam, they would dump Agent Orange. The Americans would because it's, it's a deforestation. It, it kills all the, the vegetation around the bases so they could actually see if anybody was attacking. And he just breathed that in for the whole time he was over there. And so, mm. But it's taken now how many years since Vietnam and now it, it's killing him. But sleep apnea, uh, asthma, you know, congestive heart failure, all these things are caused by Agent Orange. Um, so pray for my dad. Um, yeah, so family, parish, pray for me for the salvation of my soul. I'm, thank God, pretty happy yeah. and content. So you, Father Nathan. Um, well, I can say this now because uh, hopefully it came out. Um, I mean, I guess we're, we're getting a parochial vicar at St. Joan of Arc. Um, I can't tell you who it is because there's a possibility that it won't happen, uh, which if we don't get one, pray that I do get one. Um, so pray that, that this will be the first time that I'll, I'll ever be like living with another person as a priest, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm a little nervous about but excited for. Secondly, uh, I will actually be responsible for somebody else, <laughs> and I have never, I've never had a job. Mm-hmm. So like this is, this is a little <laughs> awkward. Um, and, uh, pray that I just have, you know, vision, uh, to be able to kind of lead well, um, the community, you know, gathered, uh, pray for my parish, St. Joan of Arc, uh, for all the people who are in need, you know, at that place. Um, as far as my family's concerned, you know, uh, there are a few who are in need of conversion. You know who you are. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, that's certainly something that, that we're all kind of continually praying for and then um, pray that, um, yeah, my grandma, she, uh, my grandma Alba, she just fell and broke her hip. So uh, she's 96. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like she's probably trans- trans- transitioning into a nursing home and that could be difficult, you know, living alone, living at home, I should say, not alone. She has my Uncle Tom, but um, that, that could be a difficult transition for her. So. That's pretty much it. For me, yeah, like conversion, the grace of conversion, the gift of prayer, whatever. That's it. I was also very, thank you. I was also very convicted recently in my, in my, uh, I was thinking the first podcast I ever did was called Hanging with Hedonists. And then the one I did recently, I was kind of uh, venting about my frustration with myself that I have not made more explicit conversions sure. that have actually come to the church. But one thing our Lord put in my mind when I was talking, thinking about intercessory prayer is like, before I, I go way out of my way to, to start like being more black and white, like, hey, to say these people that I've been working on for a long time, have you ever considered actually coming to church or reading the Bible or praying? You know, it's just like, I, I felt the Lord say to me, just explicitly pray for their conversion. Yeah. Stop just praying for them. Pray for their conversion. Kind of name it, like, and then that might give me the strength and the humility and the holiness to actually go out and convict them more. But um, so I, I'm not going to mention their name. But if if you, if you will also pray for 
um, let's just call her Molly. Uh, uh, God knows who I'm talking about. Um, a Molly who I, I think is is near that place where I'm hoping that kind of explicit conversion could happen in her life, someone I've yeah. been working on for a while. So just pray, if you're listening, pray for her. That'd be great. For her sure. conversion, especially for her conversion. So Will do. All right. Well, let's say Hail Mary for that. <laughs> <laughs> let's pray right now. Yeah. Mary. Oh, let's do it. Why not? I mean, for all of our intentions, for your intentions, we do pray for our uh, podcast listeners. I will say, you know, uh, yep. Father Michael always, you know, prays for all those who are listening, all those who are helping with the podcast by name. Um, you know who you are. Um, we don't roll the credits at the end, but, you know, all the people who make this podcast possible yep. um, and viewers like you. Um, and, uh, you know, for all the people that have asked us to pray for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Cool. All right. I like that. Thanks for the prayer, all, and uh, keep keep up the good work. All right. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check Inst- us out on yeah. Insta Slam. Yeah. I'm glad you called it Insta Slam. There's all these other terms. Terms for I like Instagram better. I saw. Uh, well, I I sent some pictures to Andrea uh, of some of my kids from uh, Saint Anne's school. Drew some pictures of me. Oh, she posted on Instagram. She did. She did. Oh man, one of the girls. I, I'm not going to say her name on the air, but uh, she nailed it. Nailed it. I love that picture. Right. And and now this, we have to make sure that this podcast does not come out before March 18th. But here's a shout out. Um, I was a seminarian from the Diocese of Joliet for close to six years until 2016. St. Giambiani College for three and Mundelein for three. Before the Lord gave me peace and clarity to pursue my vocation to marriage. On March 18th, I will be proposing my best friend, Anna Delesk. So first, I ask for your prayers. And secondly, a shout out to someone soon after the 18th. would be awesome. Hope she says yes, buddy. You asked for it. I imagine he's pretty sure she will, but yeah. So, uh, yes, we need to make sure this one comes out after the 18th because it's only the 5th right now. So, but if we're, if we're kind of the weeks correct, they will. So, all right. Good luck, buddy. God bless you and you're, uh, and you're pursuing your vocation. Thanks for listening. God bless y'all. Cheers.